What's going on, Laker Nation? Welcome back. It's the Lakers Unfiltered Podcast. You got host Roger, Jason here with you today. How's it going? Man, I can't complain, brother, man. Let's just talk about last week's uh, games and all that good stuff, and then we'll kind of get into some deeper topics. Um, so re- basically, last week, we were 4-0 since the last time we talked. We played the Hawks, Thunder twice, and the Grizzlies. Realistically, in all those games, um, I mean, aside from the Hawks games, the Hawks game, it was uh, very close. Way too close. Very, very close. I mean, without going into great detail on each and every game, because we could do that, but I don't really have the time for that today. Is this typical Lakers fashion? Is it something we should be worrying about? Oh, my God, going to panic mode, yada, yada, yada. Well, yeah. I mean, right now our defense is struggling. All right, if we're giving up 127 to Oklahoma City, like that's the problem. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with you on that, but I mean, that's kind of you know historically what the Lakers do. We play down to our level of opposition, I should say. I mean, so in my mind, is it something to really worry about? No, it doesn't look good statistically, but overall, is the is the team is the team gelling to get the job done? I mean, at the end of the day, we're winning, right? So as long as we keep winning, I'm fine with it. As long as uh, we don't start developing bad habits out of this and just expecting to come back in every second half. Well, that's that's kind of what has always happened. I mean, we have to have some sustainability. I mean, if we're going to go off in the first in the in the first period, the first quarter, you know, and then take it easy in the second in the second quarter, that typically is what you know we've seen in the beginning of the season, you know. Um, we typically have a decent third, but then again, you know, we're gassed by the fourth, you know, but we have the heavy rotation. And I think that's the problem is that we're still trying to figure out the rotations and get the proper fits there. And maybe that's what's slowing us down on the defensive side. I, I don't know. I really think losing Avery Bradley, like if you look back at the scores, like about the time he got hurt is when the defense started giving up more points. He's more important to our team than people realize. I can't argue that. I mean, I'd like to argue every point that comes out of your face, but I mean, realistically, on that one, I can't. Um, I mean, so far, every every player on this team has proven to be a pivotal part of that defensive structure. And with one person out, you know, we see what starts to lapse. That's not stopping, you know, Anthony Davis from doing what he has to do you know, or Dwight Howard from beasting or JaVale McGee from doing what they have to do on the defensive side. But when we're talking about, you know, the front line, you know, we who, who's out there really defending the ball right now? I mean, right now our best defender on ball is probably Rondo. But he needs to be staying in the game and not getting tossed. That's that passion. I mean, going, going to that, I mean, do you think Rondo's outbursts are warranted based upon how – some of the officiating, you know, from our standpoint, you know, as as fans, looks rather shitty. Well, like, for example, last night, LeBron had zero free throws. Mm-hmm. And there's no way he doesn't go to the basket and not get fouled at least once in the game, right? Yeah, I can't argue that. So, it, like, that being said, is he one of the hardest guys to officiate since Shaq? Just because he's bigger and stronger than everybody, you can call a foul – either way on each play, so sometimes they're just going to look the other way? Um, I think that's an easy an easy excuse, to be honest. 
I mean, because the game should be called should be called the same for all players. Exactly. I mean, you can't tell me that you know, LeBron James at his size and his strength automatically gets a pass to let everybody just dump on him because he can take it. You know, whereas you know you have other players that have noticeably uh, perfected the art of uh, acting out fouls, like a uh, James Harden. I, I, well, I'm not throwing shade here, Patrick but, Beverly. Um, you know, it's being thrown. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an art now. It is an art. You know, and those those fouls are definitely called, and it's you know, shh, hold on, let's go to a quick review to see how bad this is. So is LeBron's problem that he's just not well versed in the art of flopping? What I think is that obviously the refs, uh, for whatever reason, aren't 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 seeing these calls, and uh, their their eyes are focused on other things. All bullshit aside, no, the refs are fucking up. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I, I can't think of a good reason why you know a grown ass man who spends a majority of his life driving to the hole is, isn't going to the free throw line at least once. A at game. least once, yeah. At least once. I mean, give me one. You know, that, that that doesn't make any damn sense to me. I can't make heads or tails of that. But Well, that, that you know, Rondo is warranted in that because now's the time to get your complaints out, right? Trying to show the refs, hey, you need to see this. That way, in, when the playoffs come, we don't have these outbursts because we, we're going to need everybody in the game. Is this going to be kind of a foreseeing of the future for us, in essence, so to speak? Is it something we should just kind of learn to deal with? Are there, are there going to be calls that aren't going to go our way as being, you know, the Lakers? That's just kind of how it is, though, with everybody. Uh, right? You're not going to get every call that you want. Otherwise, we would be watching games that are just from the free throw line. Yes. Because everybody thinks they get fouled on every play. Mm-hmm. And the other guys think they never foul. So, you know, there's there's got to be a balance. But the way it's going right now, it's not helping us. Yeah, I mean, we came at, we came up in the era of eighties basketball, so you know what we're used to. Yeah, and, you know, where, where a clothesline is a regular foul. Yeah, that's a regular, not yeah. like a suspension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's the, that's the big difference. You know, so I mean, I I don't know. I, I just think that <sighs> Le- LeBron's doing such a good job off the ball this season so far. You know, just to kind of piggyback on a different subject. You know, he's doing such a good job off the ball, you know, making sure that the, you know, the offense is being ran fluidly. Um, and then when he does have the ball in his hands, I mean, look at what he's doing with the assist that he's, that he's providing to the team. You lean the league and assist. Can't beat that. I mean, the, the guy is. Somehow he turned into himself into the best point guard in the league as a power forward. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not a big, huge LeBron fan at all, but I mean, I can't deny what he's doing this season. And he's actually being a uh, a team player. He's making the rest of the people around him better, which is what an MVP does. MVP. I didn't say the greatest. I said an MVP. I know. Well, what... Yeah, that's what an MV- That's what an MVP does. So he, he he's your MVP right now. No, I'm not saying that. At all. Oh, okay, I'm okay. saying that's what an MVP does. I gotcha. We have many people on our team that make the people around them better mm-hmm. in different facilities. Look at what Dwight Howard does off the bench. Yeah, he brings that is, energy. Is he an MVP? No, but he does bring that MVP energy. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Definitely no clear comparison there. <laughs> Fucker. All right. So to, I was just trying to trap you in the no, you're MVP, definitely, MVP closet right there. No, you're not going to get my words twisted. I'm definitely not going to. No. 
No, I mean, if anybody is, you know, in that MVP, you know, category, you know, Jesus, it would be friggin', you know, Anthony Davis. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, he's literally leading our team in damn near every measurable stat aside from assists. I mean, I can't say anything different about the guy. Which is why this is the perfect player for LeBron to have with him on the team right now, right? Because he doesn't need to do all the work. You know, a lot of people that I've heard on other shows and other podcasts and are kind of complaining that LeBron's not doing enough, right? But if you have Anthony Davis on your team, you don't have to do everything anymore. That's the whole point of getting a second superstar is to kind of share the load, not just rely on LeBron James. What would people expect out of LeBron James in his 17th year in the in the league? I don't know, because I've heard people complaining about how he passes too much, about how he's not taking over the game, about how he's not coming out from the first minute of the game and just taking over. But that's really not the job of the point guard, no. right? You know, people are used to the Kobe Bryant mentality, the shooting guard mentality that, you know, it's called shooting guard for a reason. You're supposed to shoot. The point guard's supposed to set up everyone else and get everyone else going. And then if need be, he can take over. See, the difference between, okay, the difference between Kobe and LeBron is, is, is a lot of things, but the main the main thing I see is is finesse. You know, LeBron's not a f- finesse player. No. He's going to power, he's going to get to the hole, yada, yada, yada. That takes a lot of energy. You know, so, I mean, again, 17, 17 seasons in, the man is now working on his finesse game. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you're going to hate on that. I mean, and that's something that Kobe had his whole game. Not to mention when he was young, he was just a beast. You know, so Kobe naturally just had that. I mean, he would take shots from any point of the court and crazy layups and dunks that that's not going in. Stuff that we didn't see since Jordan's time. Yep. You know, let's let's be real here. You know, Kobe was the, 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 second, the second coming when it comes to that. And LeBron James' basketball style is nowhere near that. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. He's more of a bull in a china shop that's learning his finesse game right now. And I have no problem with his finesse game. Hustle, no. hustle on, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he said, he, you know, he's setting up everyone else to be successful right now. You know, like, like you said, Anthony Davis is literally leading the team in points, rebounds, steals, blocks. Like he, he's doing it all for us, but yet he's not mentioned in that MVP conversation like LeBron is for whatever reason. But if you look at the team overall stats, I mean, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, like he's leading in almost every category possible. Mm-hmm. For what reason? Because what the team, the, the team dynamic, what every player on that team is doing is they're playing their fucking role. Yep. You know, for, for the first time in a long time, we actually have a, a bunch of role players that actually play their role including our superstars. Yeah, they these guys aren't trying to prove anything. They know what their job is, and they're actually sticking to it, and that's what makes a successful team. You know, the teams we've had in the past, they've been young guys that are trying to make their name. They're trying to prove a point. You know, they're not trying to – nobody wants to come in as a high draft pick and come in and play a role. No. Right, because they're trying to work on their next contract. They're, mm-hmm. they're thinking they're going to be the next whoever. Exactly. But exactly. you're not. Sometimes you're just not that player. So you have to come in, play your role. You know, when when the team's successful, everybody's successful. But the last few years, well, seven years since we've been in the playoffs, it's been about individual goals, not about the team's success. 
and going back to some of the greatest teams and you know basketball in franchise in basketball franchise history, they had a bunch of role players. They always had a superstar, but those role players were just as equally as equally as important equally as important mm-hmm. as that superstar. Yeah, if not more, you know, because back in the eighties, everybody had a superstar. It wasn't yeah. like now where you know everyone teamed up. So superstars canceled each other out, yeah. but the the makeup of the team was what carried one team over another because if you had the best role players, you were going to win. Yep, period. That's just how it was. Mm -hmm. And it's getting back that way now that since the Golden State era is over and now it's a bunch of duos, you know, like it's all about who has the best role players that actually play their roles. You know, some teams have good players that come off the bench, but they don't know their roles necessarily in the team dynamic. It seems like everyone in the Lakers has really bought into Frank Vogel's system and to being part of the role and Maybe not being the superstar, but being a superstar in their role. I mean, uh, that's that's what I believe. I mean, I'm gonna give this all to Frank Vogel. I mean, where we're at so far in the season, given what we've uh, <clears throat> had before in the past, you'd expect at least to hear something negative in the media at this point in time in the season about our team. Nothing. This, that, the other thing, something. Uh, so far, nothing. I never heard one thing, not not one bad thing. But when you're 14 and two, I mean, what can you really pick on? We lost to the Clippers, we lost to the Raptors. That's it. Everyone else, you know, we've handled. Like, even if we win by one point, last night's game against the Grizzlies, right? That's a schedule loss, basically. It's a back to back, second night of a back to back. You play a hard fought game against Oklahoma City the night before. It goes all the way down to the wire, 130-127. Then you got to turn around the very next day and go to Memphis and play a young upstart team that has some hungry rookies on their team, some young, really good young players, and John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Those guys want to come and take, beat the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's Memphis or it's whoever the bottoms, bottom of the, you know, bottom of the standings are, we're going to get everyone's best shot. We're the, we're at all these crappy teams championships at the end of the day. Exactly. So you know it's not going to be a rollover. We have I'm to not. come out and work. That's just you know some people are expecting everyone to blow teams out every week or every game. And let me ask you a question. I mean, I already have the answer, so it's more of like a really shady statement here. Did all of our superstars play in that back to back? Oh, no, yeah, actually, all of our players play. Um, we, we didn't have a load management we issue. Don't, we don't do load management at the beginning of the season. You know, maybe once we've locked up the conference record then we can take a break but right now you know all our superstars say if i'm healthy i'm gonna play it's not like it's not because it's not just about the ship it's also about the fans as well yeah they're they're here to play for us now i don't know about the other teams superstars on maybe that our tenants in the staples center you know they don't want to play for the fans that's on them you know like if you guys want to have battered wife syndrome with the clippers that's up to you I'm sorry I just said that word. And I know it's, hey, it's I, you know, I shouldn't have said it, but it just slipped out. Sometimes things have to be said. I mean, I, I can't stop you at this point. You know, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade on, you know, this other team. But, no, but you, you know, know what? I, think, I, I really I, am. I think we should. At this point, If let, let's really build this rivalry. And they want it to be a, a rivalry. Let's just make it what it is. Come on. Come let's on with make, it. Let's just make it what it is. You know, if, if anyone out there is listening that likes the Clippers – Feel free to leave us a message on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want. You know, we'll we'll debate you. You'll be wrong, you know, and you'll get buried. But feel free to speak up. 
so far no one has spoken up for their team. So apparently the Clippers fans aren't very loyal. I mean, the great thing about our trio here, mind you, we're one guy short today because he's actually in Milwaukee visiting with family. Shout out, Josh. Um, the one thing that, that we have here in our little trio dynamic is, uh, you know, should I understand that the Clippers actually have a decent team? Y'all had a decent team before. You got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean shit, you know? No. Nope. We still have, you still have to do something with that team. Uh, we started off fresh, whole new team, doing what we have to do. And again, I'm just, I'm just really excited um, about, about this energy we get from this whole situation because I think this drives the Lakers to want to do more and be more. Not just you know beat the Clippers, but literally like thump the Clippers. Yeah. You know, and, then, and like, like, like leave we, no question. Like we said, they they're playing for for the fans, for us, right? And there was a, re- a report that came out recently that the the which NBA teams have the most loyal fans in the NBA. Lo and behold, guess who was first? The Lakers, right? Do or die. We've been with them every year, whether they were winning twenty games or sixty games. It doesn't matter, doesn't right? Matter. And if you look all the way down on this list at about number. I don't know, 24, 25. There they are. Right between the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. The LA tenants. Yeah. Right? Like, so, you know, all these brand new bandwagon Clippers fans, it shows right here on this list, right? Your guys, your fans don't show up for the road games. Your fans barely show up for your home games. When they just played the, the Celtics of the night, when Jason Tatum hit that step back and crossed Paul George over onto the other side of the court and broke his ankle all the way off, yep. the whole fucking crowd cheered when Jason Tatum hit yeah. a three on Paul George in your stadium. Well, in our stadium, but well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't happen if it was a Lakers home game. No, there it wouldn't be half green. No. No, that's not allowed over here. Celtics are just happy to sell tickets. Whoever wants to buy them. Yeah, any Celtics fans in Los Angeles that you know they go to the other LA LA's other team when they play. Yeah. The only reason that we go to to Clippers games is because your ticket's only five bucks. Like you, you can't get into a Lakers game for under three hundred dollars. I mean, it is a different vibe at a Clippers game. I mean, they do have a DJ throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's it's definitely a Yeah, it's all show. It, it, their, their games are all they have to have a DJ. They have to have the fucking bird walking around. They have to have a fucking mascot to get people in the gym. We bring it with the product on the floor. All their stuff is the surrounding elements of the DJ, the t-shirt cannons, the 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 fucking what is that thing? A toucan? I don't know what the fuck it is. The a, a condor? <laughs> it's a condor. Yeah, whatever the fuck like it is. Like it's like they're all they're all all fluff. As much as they want to be a blue-collar team with all these new ads out talking about city lights, not spotlights. What? Get the fu- you guys LA, are the first one LA to have R- a fucking DJ dance party at halftime. L.A.R. City. Yeah. yeah. L.A.R. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The second place way. Yeah. That's what it is. So with that said, do you think the Lakers should have A.D. Uh, take more threes? Or is it a good good idea to wait? I don't know. Okay. He's starting to get his three ball going pretty good right now. And as long as there's another big in there, I'm okay with it. Right. Because we need someone in there to rebound. He's not going to shoot 100%. 
him taking the guys out to the three-point line kind of opens up the middle for yeah. us. Yes, stretch that ball, stretch the court. But at the same time, if he's our center in at that point, we don't really have anyone in there to rebound necessarily because LeBron's also playing on the perimeter of the season. So as long as JaVale or Dwight are in there with him, great, shoot it. But if, if we don't have another big in, I'd rather see him closer to the basket to get those rebounds like he did last night to kind of seal the victory. Very true. He's down there blocking shots, stopping the game, you know, stopping the ball when the game's on the line. You know, that's uh, you can't knock him for that. I mean, I think that, I think it's a great idea to have him actually shooting more threes. Mm-hmm. Um, Open it up. Unfortunately, that's the way that the NBA is going. Yeah. And seeing as he is one of these bigs that, that can actually shoot that three ball, mm-hmm. uh, let him go. Yeah. Let him go. Open it up. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know. Let the man shoot. He'll stretch, like I said, he'll stretch the rest of the court out. It, again, he'll leave the opportunity for the other for these other guys to eat on that offensive rebounding board as well. Yeah, and it honestly just increases our odds, right? Like our odds of winning, our odds of winning championship. Like with that, if he adds that to his game, he's already pretty much unstoppable as it is right now, right? Uh, I would he's, say so. He's got good post moves. He's got a nice mid range jumper. He he's got handles for a big man. You know, he'll cross up your big man in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And then now if he can just start hitting threes, I mean, he might win defensive player of the year and the MVP talk's going to have to start heating up for him at some point. No, it's, I mean, realistically, I, I don't think the reason his, when the NBA, when the M, when the MVP talks start talking about him, it's not going to be something that's going to be a buildup. It's going to be an instant, like, catch fire, like, holy shit, you know. It's going to be one of these national televised games where he goes for, like, 40 points, mm-hmm. 20 rebounds. Oh, wait. He already did that. Yeah. going to be another, another one. Another, another, one. another yeah. one. Yeah. 40 another points, 20 rebounds. He's got like a handful of blocks. Yeah. Hitting threes. You know, he's going to have one of those games where it's just like, damn, he's wearing our uniform. Yeah. I mean, I, I still shake my head every time I see him on the floor. I'm like, how did we pull this off? Shout out to Rob Palenka, Magic Johnson, whatever the fuck y'all did to do that. Yeah, good job. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, with that said, I mean, I'm just, I'm just enamored with our efforts at this point in the season. I mean, right now the latest title odds, you know, pretty much the way the way I'm seeing it, the way I've read it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Lakers are number one. Mm -hmm. They got the Clippers number two. Got the Bucks third. The Rockets Rockets at fourth, and the Sixers at fifth. Yeah, you know, so going going back upwards from that, you know, going backwards from that. I mean, realistically, you know, Philly, you know, that's a that's a strong team with Joel Embiid. I mean, they're 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 legit. They're a legit possibility. I look at them as being an issue. Mm, yeah, for sure. Especially the way that you know, the way they match up with us. Yeah. It, it it right now they may not have the best record in the NBA, but once it gets to the playoff time and the and it slows down, they're, they're going to be a problem for sure. This is where I would hope they match up against LA's other team, and LA's other team actually shows up and can do something. But they've never proven that to be the situation. So yeah, I wouldn't count on it. No. Moving on, the Rockets. How do you feel about the Rockets and and their team chemistry right now? I mean, I, I you know, they they're they're actually a good team, mm-hmm. but it's hard to tell because they're so built for the regular season, <laughs> right? Like, I just. They haven't proven anything to to anyone, not even to me, but to anyone that shows that they can actually 
make a deep playoff run. Because whenever push comes to shove, they just give it up. Last year, they had a great opportunity to beat the Warriors. Kevin Durant went out, and then you guys lose? Yeah. Like, that that was your chance to prove everybody wrong. You know, hey, we, we are the team. Whatever happened, James Harden didn't show up. Chris Paul kind of flopped out, and that was it. I've never really looked at the Rockets for whatever reason in the past, I want to say, at least 15 years as being a legitimate threat. No, I just I, – I don't see it. They just they, – I mean, they might be a betting favorite because of the record right now, but I don't see them, like, legitimately in the top five. No, they're not They're, they're not championship yeah. ready. Now the Bucks. You already know what I'm going to say about the Bucks. Bucks are a good team. I have to, you know, I got to give props when it's due. Like, Le- uh, not LeBron James, but Freudian Slip. <laughs> Giannis. Giannis is, like, on another level this year. It, this year? Yeah, this year. No, no, period. No, no, even from last year. He's on another level from even last year. No, I know. That's he's, what I'm saying. He's playing even better than last year this year. Uh-huh. It's, it's like 30, 14, and 7. And it's like, I just watched a game where they played Portland, and he put up, like, 26, 19 rebounds and 15 assists. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Like, Jesus, like. And now he's like shooting threes. Yeah, he's starting to actually make a few of them, just to be a threat. Like you have, you have to go out on him now. You can't just leave him wide open. No. Once you do, he's like one dribble from a dunk from the three point line. That's my literally. He, it's three he, steps. Yeah, he he he's so tall and long mm-hmm. that it's just like pump fake one dribble. You're getting dunked on. Yeah, that's it. He he's he's literally Shaq with the handle, and now Shaq with the three. Uh huh. It, it's it's gonna be scary once he once he actually starts shooting it at like a nice clip. I, I'm telling I can't you, wait for you. I can't wait till he's gonna be a Laker in two years. I'm telling <laughs> you that that's <laughs> that's always been my. I mean, I'm gonna. I said it last season. You know, the Bucks. You know what the, what they've done with their team. Uh, you know, team team's ability to build a decent team around. You know, Giannis. And you have all these role players. They're literally doing what we were just talking about the Lakers are doing this season. They have a bunch of role players that have bought into their positions, do what they have to do, and support their leading guy in Giannis. And it's and it's absolutely fucking amazing. You know, so I can't say enough about them. But anyways, this is not uh this isn't the Bucks podcast, it's the Lakers podcast. So let me get back on what to we need to talk about here. LA's other team, as we refer to them, because we don't even give them a real name. Um, they're a legitimate threat as well. No, they're not. All right. Sorry. I think they are. I, I don't. I don't see it. I know they've had two big wins in the last week over the Celtics. Yeah. But that's the Eastern Conference team, so I don't really count them. And the Rockets, they really should have lost that game. Unfortunately, Kawhi hit another clutch mid-range jumper. And what the games they actually played in, which is but you can't surprise. deny what that team has. I mean, look, look, and unfortunately, you know, we have to we have to look at this and you know realize that a lot of these players are or some of these players are ex Lakers. Lou Williams is balling out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Patrick Beverly for whatever he is. No, I'm sorry, it's trash. He is, but for whatever it's he trash. is, like he talked all that. Okay, just go off to the side tangent real quick. I watched the Houston. Houston? Houston Clippers game. Mm-hmm. Fouled out about 17 minutes. If you're this defensive stopper, this big trash talker, 
how do you, how do you, you know, you're supposed to be like one of the top defensive players in the league, right? Mm. You should never foul out. Even if it is against James Harden. But you have to be afraid of a team that can score 140 points in a game. Against who? They did that against Golden State. Golden State? I understand. Golden State has literally the worst record in the, in the league right now. I understand they're, that. They're, they're but, number one in the tank in the tank but you can't. But you can't deny the fact that they do have a decent team. That's 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 what it is. They have a good team. They had a good team last season, and they just added two good people. You know that that's how I look at it. You know, do I think that the uh, LA's of the team is you know on our level? Of course not. You know, but they're a decent team for what it is. You know. So with all the success we're having this year, right? Mm-hmm. Don't answer because we're going to hold us to that after the break. Okay. But who on the Lakers? has been the biggest underachieving player thus far. Yeah, there's there's plenty of candidates. Mm. Even with all the success we're having right now, right? All right? There's still some players who aren't playing up to what the hype was about. What, well, see, I'm kind of biased. I'm not going to say anything. We're going to lead into this. What they should be, right? I mean, there's, there's a plethora of people that we could put on this list. But who's the biggest underachiever so far? You're going to have to wait to talk to the break, guys. Come back. It's going to be interesting. All right, folks, and we're back. So, Jay, why don't you tell them about this bullshit question you have for me again? All right, so just to refresh your memory after that great ad from Anchor. Sorry, we were arguing while you guys weren't listening. So, the question on hand was, who is the biggest underachieving player so far for the Lakers this season? All right, well, Jay don't know my answer, but I already know his bullshit answer, so... My answer is I'd have to say, and it's, it pains me to say this, um, Jay's going to be surprised when I say this out loud. I'm going to have to say Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo? Why, yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why do you think he's the biggest underachieving Laker this year? Well, a couple different things. You know, at this point, our offense was based around having this man on the court. You know, we need a strong point guard out there. We need someone to actually facilitate that ball to help LeBron as well to open up LeBron to do what he needs to do. Rajon not being on the court doing what he needs to do, he's not really helping the team. Now, I know there's a lot of stuff going out right now about KCP and his shooting percentage and all this and so on and so forth. But statistically, KCP shooting the ball better than Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. So you can miss me with all that bullshit. So, I mean, realistically, just based upon the fact that Rajon ain't out there, which we need him to be out there. That's my that's my uh that's my player. Is the most underachieving Laker? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a decent answer. But what did we really expect out of Rondo this year? Right? We didn't expect him to come in and be the Lakers third star. Right? The person that's been the most underachieving so far, averaging a whopping twelve point two points per game. Mm-hmm. That's your boy, Kyle Kuzma. For, for what we expected him to come in and be for this team, you know, all the talk about Kyle Kuzma in the offseason was about how we kept him to be the Lakers' third star. We didn't trade him with the other young core because he was the one that had the most promise. Mm-hmm. He was the key piece to our team. Okay. Right? Okay. But when you're a, a 103rd in the NBA in scoring, mm-hmm. 102 people are above you, mm-hmm. right? When you're 
out of the top 150 in rebounds, out of the top 150 in assists. You know, that's just not what we expected coming into the season for our third-year quote-unquote superstar that everyone thought he was going to be. Man. People, uh, There was a bunch of talk, and you, you heard it as much as I did, about how Kyle Kuzma is going to be our third star. I still think he is. With those numbers? Uh, not at this point in time. No, obviously, because he's just getting his legs back underneath him. He's getting the win. The kid hasn't played. But can you say the same thing for Rondo? Wasn't he hurt too? Not as long as Kuzma. And again, we're we're when we're comparing those things, I mean, let, let's just let's look at some other stats that weren't mentioned. I mean, Kyle Kuzma right now, as far as his shooting percentage goes, I mean, he's, he's shooting great. Is shooting just as good as a uh, you know the, our potential MVP candidate. Who was that? LeBron James. I'm sorry, LeBron James is shooting 2% higher. Mm -hmm. His overall field goal percentage, 2%. And then, you know, his three-point percentage ain't no better. So, I mean, realistically, I say give the kid the time he needs to get himself back into the season, get his legs, get his wind. You know, you could see the first couple games he was in, you could definitely tell that he was not fully ready. What I mean by that is he did not have his legs. He did not have his wind. Now, Jay, you know being a ball player, how that feels. You know what I'm saying? Literally, he's probably breathing fire, you know. But, again, I say give the kid the time he needs to get back to where he's got to be. And, then again, he's playing with players that are great. You know, so his time to shine, you know, is very limited. And, again, right now it's expected to be automatic. I'd say by all-star break we're going to have the Kuzma that we expected, and he'll be eating these words. So, so how many games should it re reasonably take for him to get his win back? Right. Well, no, I said by all-star break. That's a lot of games. It is. It's 50 it, games to get your wind as a 23, 24-year-old? It is, but I'm just saying. I feel like that's like. I'm saying the jury's not out on him yet. I mean, I mean, last year we wanted to slam, not we, you wanted to slam the gavel on, on B.I. Mm -hmm. And look what he's doing this year. I mean, yeah. like I said, you got to, you know, give the kid some time. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But thus far, I'm saying thus far in the season, is he mm -hmm. not the most underachieving player? He, he's <clears> He's... He's been back for 12 games, right? Yes, he has been. Okay, so he is averaging 22 minutes a game. You know, as our quote-unquote six-man-of-the-year candidate, right, everyone's comparing him to a Lou Williams for the, for us. He should be able to come off the bench and score. That's his his role on this team. 12.2 12, 12 points per game is not what we're looking for as far as what – you know, the production out of his his role on the team. He should be putting up way more than 12 points a game. You know, his career average is like 17, 18. That's what we all expected coming into the season was, you know, 18 to 20 points per game. Right now he's eight points under that average. Like he's just a regular player right now. He's mm -hmm. nothing special. That's why I think well, thus well. far, thus far in the season, that's why I feel he's the most underachieving. Now, can that turn around and change? Sure. I, I would love to eat my words at All-Star break. If he's averaging close to 20 points, great. I was wrong. But right now, 16 games into the season, he, he's, he's the one. So we're going to measure his 12 games he's played in the season thus far. Mm -hmm. And you think those 12 games he's played in the season thus far, thus far are more detrimental than the 10 games that Rajon Rondo missed? Exactly. Well, that's my point. He's only played six that's, games. That's, right? I, so, no, listen to my so question. He, he's listen to my question. I said, are you, are you telling me the 12 games 
that this man's played in this man being Kyle Kuzma mm-hmm. has been more detrimental to the Lakers losing than the 10 games Rajon Rondo hasn't been there. Now you tell me after that question, which player is impacting the Lakers more? Well, I don't see Rondo really being that third star for us. So, you know, that's not, it's not about, it's, it's not, again, we start off this podcast about talking about people playing their roles. Mm-hmm. Now, Rondo playing his role needs to be there to play that damn role. And if he ain't there to play that role, which is pivotal, because every role is pivotal in this game. We talked about this on this team. So if he's not there to play his role, and then we have Avery Bradley, who's doing a damn good job. Mm-hmm. But Avery Bradley, in my mind, I'm sorry, isn't the guy. The guy is Rajon Rondo. Well, I mean, all Rondo's done since he's been in, back in the team is win. All right, they haven't lost one game with Rondo in the lineup. That's why I'm saying he needs to be there. Yes, but however, he's not the one that is like the linchpin of the 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 team. If Rondo goes down, we can make up for his production. All right, if Kuzma goes down, who's going to make up for his production? But he, KCP. He a, but okay, listen. But your 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 argument is that Kyle's production mm-hmm. is shit right now. It is. So so it doesn't matter about his production. That's why he's but, the most underachieving player because we all. Okay, going into the season, did you expect him to score more than 12 points a game? Yes, I did. Okay. And I think that he's going to. I think okay. by the end of the season, he's going to average we're, better. We're talking about today, November, it's, whatever, the 24th. Uh, At this far in the season, not what we're projecting, but yeah, just so far. Uh, so far. Did I expect him to be better? Did you expect yes. him to be better? Yes. yes. Now, what did you expect out of Rondo? Some, expect, some solid backup play, right? No, so, I expected he, him to, to, be the, to be the point guard. No. no, no. Yes. You, you expected yes, him to yes, be have yes. some solid Solid minutes, just contribute what he could, right? You nothing act, you nothing act like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I expect Rajon Rondo to be the point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers. So when we're listing players of importance, mm-hmm. where does Kuzma fall and where does Rondo fall in that list of now but, but not, again, not not to support your argument, like an actual list of where they would fall. Like we're going like LeBron. She already know Anthony that you, Davis, already know, you already know that answer. Kyle so that, that's, a like lo- third. that's a loaded question. But with that said, like we talked about before. Who cares about that? Because they're all role players at this point. Are you telling me that I would, that, I mean, if I had to choose LeBron James over Kyle Kuzma, who am I going to choose? Come on now. You know what that's going to be. So, again, I mean, am I going to choose Kuzma over Rondo? Well, come on now. You know I'm going to choose Kuzma all day. So but, again, putting players together on this team to play a role, all these players are pivotal. Yeah, but the most pivotal role player on the team has got to be Kuzma. The most pivotal role player on this team is chemistry. No, no. Like an actual person. person. Think about it. An actual person, right? Okay, because chemistry's not on our list right here. I know chemistry. She should be. She's first. She's a tricky bitch. Okay, but we're not talking. That wasn't a. We said which player. I know, but I just went deep on it. I don't see a jersey. (laughs) I just went deep on it. I don't see chemistry lining up to to, to take fucking layups. Chemistry is is what, what binds those banners together. Possibly. Possibly my ass. However... Mm, this is what happens when you prove your other guy wrong. Yeah, he pulls out some bullshit called chemistry. Yep. <laughs> yep. So basically, you're just admitting that I'm right. Not at all. And you had to dig deep into no. your bag of nonsense. No, I, just, I, had, I had to pull out one of my cards. It's one of my cards. That is your only card. No, I've never said that before. Every other, <laughs> every other thing. Rondo's outperforming him in every other aspect of the game. I know that's why I'm saying he needs to be there. That's why he's the most underachieving Laker. Because <laughs> if he's not there to perform for us, he's fucking us. Who, Thank you for proving my point. Who is better? <laughs> okay, if you're going to start a team today in the NBA, right? If you're going to start a team today in the NBA, is it Rondo 
Okay, there's a big draft. I already board, told right? you. I already told you it is. It's Kuzma first. Okay, so Kuzma's first. Yeah. Which means Kuzma is the first most disappointing player we have yeah. on this team. Okay. Oh, so you said yeah? No, 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 no. I'm just guys, out, I'm just rolling out. Rewind points. the tape, guys. You heard him say yeah. On to the next topic. Jason one, Roger zero. Okay. I'll let you guys be the answer to that. You guys figure Make sure out. you guys hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and let us know. Because <laughs> I'm really curious to see what you guys' thoughts are. Anyways, come on, Jason. Give us the next subject. All right. So, look. How are we, fucking wrong, by the way. How are we feeling about this, uh, all this chatter about this new season format? The new mid-season playoff bullshit, whatever that is supposed to be. I guess kind of gave away my thoughts on that. But, you know, like, so they want to take the games down from 82 to 79. I don't know how much help that's going to be to get rid of three games. Like, you know, that's that's a week for Kawhi of missing games. But, you know, um, and and they want to have like a mid-season playoff. Uh, so, so at that point, are they going to be handing out a Larry O'Brien for the midseason and a Larry O'Brien for the finals. Like, so there's two finals and then those two guys play each other. And then it's like the champ of the champ or like, it doesn't, it's, it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And don't let one sensitive superstar, you know, in Kawhi Leonard, who has to take off every other game, kind of control the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. Kind of cool, right? But how's that going to mess with like the record books, right? Like, so now LeBron James is going to have like twelve rings, six midseason rings, and six postseason, six end of season championships. Like, how does that factor into the history of the game? Because it, it's kind of like messing with the record books at that point. I mean, what you also have to look at is what's going to mess with the record books too is people doing what they're doing and taking games off and loading loading their team that way. Yes. You know, and this is this is a big thing is is to drive is to combat that stagnation, you know, and, and during the mid season of the game. And unfortunately, right now we're seeing it, you know, five games in or whenever there's a back to back game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know got ten games in. I'm giving one of my guys at work crap because he's an advent supporter of the other team of, LA, of LA's other team. I'm like, gosh, ten games in, this dude was out three of them. Yeah, you know, it's ten games into the season. I mean, I could see it, you know. God, mid-season, you know, you're coming off an injury, you're coming off a bunch of games, you're coming off a, you know, a, a long road trip, mm-hmm. you know. But again, coming off a road trip, you're coming home. Yeah. And who's going to want to see you play? Well, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, so if this mid-season tournament isn't – I don't think the players are going to buy in, right? I don't think that this is going to solve the load management issue. They're still going to sit out games because really at the end of the day, if it's not that big of a deal, who cares? They want to win the, the finals, not the – Middles. No, I understand that, and that's where so that's something where Adam Silver needs to step up and you know either fine teams for allowing this type of behavior to happen, mm-hmm. or, or do something you know to to combat this. I mean, realistically, you know, a the the fines, you know, I don't know if that's a, a route to go because what is money to a, a millionaire or a billionaire? But they're pulling up their their couch cushions and bringing out fifty grand. Like they're they're yeah. pulling that they're they're finding that in their jacket pocket. Like, come on. You know, the, the the one good thing that I do like that they're trying to implement is the the playoff reseeding, right? You know, because mm-hmm. the last three, four, five years, the Western Conference Finals has really been the finals. So those those semifinal games have really been more interesting than the actual finals have been. Very true. So if we take the two from the West, the two from the East, and kind of mix them up based on record at that point. 
then we get the best, the actual best two teams in the finals that makes for the best possible product for the fans. Not yeah. just, oh, oh, this Western Conference Finals is the shit. But then we get to the finals and it's a four-game blowout. Like, yeah. nobody wants to watch that. No. Right? So that I'm in favor of. Now, the shortening the regular season by three games, you know, at the end of the season or the end of the day, really, you're costing yourself money based on attendance for games. It's got to be an even number of games. You can't go to 79. So what, you're going to have one less home game or one extra road game? You know, it, it doesn't doesn't make sense for the owners to agree to an odd number of games because then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot as far as revenue is concerned, even though everyone's eating great right now. It just doesn't make sense the way that they're trying to set it up. Three games is not an. If you're going to cut the season, it's got to be more than three games because otherwise, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. No, just don't just leave it the way it is at 82. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And right now, you can't let one player dictate the entire league. But I see that this is what the problem is going to be. Is right now it is only one player, and the rest of the league is going to catch on to it, and other players <laughs> are going to start to do it because it makes no sense of what's going on there. I mean, it really, it really doesn't. I mean, I can't. I can't wrap my mind around you telling me that a franchise is okay, you know, a team is okay paying that, you know, having their franchise player play 75% of the time and play and pay them 100% of the money. Yeah, it's true. But so far, they've been able to do that. And people are willing to do it, I guess, because they're going, like Josh said last week, they're going off a broken model, right? They're going off the Toronto model where they happen to get lucky against the Sixers. They happen to get lucky against the Warriors because two of their best four players got injured. Yeah. Right. If that doesn't happen, then no one's going for this load management bullshit. It's a copycat league, but you're copycatting the wrong thing because they got lucky. Right. At the end of the day, Toronto got lucky. They weren't going to win that series if Golden State is fully healthy. No, not no way at all. No way at all. I mean, I think that the NBA and Adam Silver needs to just take a deep breath, relax, don't change it. Because it, it, it's just going to mess with the history of the game. You know, because, you know, all these these guys that are long gone, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, do they get, can they get, is this going to count towards their legacy, right? Do the do these, do the, the mid-season tournament, are they, does that count as a championship? Like, how are, how are us as fans supposed to look at that and be like, oh, wow, that guy's the greatest player of all time because he got to win five mid-season championships in a row or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it doesn't really make sense. I get they do it overseas for soccer, but for the NBA, it's just like, I like the 82 game schedule. It fits perfectly. You play to the finals. At that point you want to mess with the seating. Great. But don't change the regular season guys. Come on. Yeah. I just say, like I said, manage the load management issue. You know, if it comes down to something simple, like, Hey, you know, if, if your team actually goes to the playoffs, and, you know, you've hit X, Y, and Z amount of, you know, days of load management issues, you know, then you lose your home court, home court advantage. Mm-hmm. Or did Josh say last week something about it should be like a regular job? You get so many PTO days, right? Like mm-hmm. you get so many load yeah. management days, right? Yeah. Like, okay, you have 82 games. You have this many days, this many games you can actually take off for load management. You have to let us know in advance, not like day of or, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. if it's not in a legit injury, you want to take a break. Great, but you only get five games, six games, yep. you know. Not like like we said, we just have fans coming to the game, they're driving in. Oh, what's this alert on my phone? Oh, what 
Kawhi is not playing tonight for load management or so, you know, yep. I had to keep, keep, keep harping on Kawhi, but it's the truth. Like he's the one. So, you know, you're on your way to the game. You've spent money. You've saved up money to buy tickets and you get there. And I mean, the whole point never if, happened if, to me if, as a Laker if, fan. If you look over in your passenger seat and your son's wearing a Kawhi Leonard jersey and he's all pumped up to see him play, you got to tell him, like, hey, bud, game playing tonight. This is the only game we're going to go to this season. So, I mean, if you go to a concert and it gets canceled because the main show's not there, you get your money back, don't you? I think so. Yeah. So maybe they should start handing them their money back. That Steve Palmer's be- got I me. Mean, he's got deep pockets. Yeah. I mean, if that's, if they want to let him load manage, that's another point. We should, you know. Give the fans that bought a ticket to see that player a refund for the night, or take it out of the players' pay. No, I'd say I'd say the whole I'd say the whole stadium. Yeah, yeah. You decided to load manage the, on the game of a home game. Mm-hmm. You know that hey, every every person that came in, how much of the tickets cost for that for that for that for that game? Yeah, they won't guarantee the owners that won't last very long because they like their money. <laughs> you know, you lose ticket sales just to you know a guy that needs to take a break. Well, again, we're trying to win a championship though. Okay, great. But without the fans, the whole league's not possible. If Some the, of the fans support this, though. That's if, the crazy thing. If those arenas are empty, you know, the, the league's done. Well, I get it, but some fans support this. A lot of fans I've talked to support this. They argue with me about it. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. You know, that, that it's okay. That some some people like it. If he was a Laker, we wouldn't be complaining. No, yeah. we would. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm not used to this. I mean, it would definitely be a topic of conversation. Yeah, for sure. You know, but hey, what do we know? We're just two guys that talk shit about sports, I guess. All right. So let's just go right into it. These are going to be my power rankings for the NBA this so far in the season. Okay, we're going to start at 10 and work back to 1. You can tell me what you think, good, bad, and different, right? So number 10, I have the Celtics. They might be high in the East, but they just lost Kimball Walker to a next brain. You know, they're 11 and 4 right now, but they've also lost two in a row. And without Kimball Walker, I don't know how they're going to hold up. So that's why I have them at 10 right now. Can't argue that. Number 9, the Heat. They're also 11 and 4. Lost the last night to to Philly. You know, another team that's doing good in the Eastern Conference. You know, some people's pick to come out of the East. But, it, you know, they're an Eastern Conference team, right? So you can only give the Eastern Conference team so much credit for being in the East. That's why these, they're low on my list at nine. Now, the Clippers, I have at eight. Okay, some people are going to argue that they should be higher. I'm sorry. I, I think they should be higher. I can't do it. All right, they've won four in a row. They beat the Celtics and the Rockets this last week. They're 11 and five. But I just... I just can't put the I get I just I just can't. That's probably as high as they're ever gonna get for me. <laughs> a little biased, but you know what? They're my top ten. So number seven, the Nuggets. They've also won four in a row, eleven and three. They're starting to round into form like they did last year. However, you know, they they're they're still young, right? They still have young players, they're still trying to mesh together. That's why they're seven on my list. Six, I have the 76ers. They've won five in a row. They're starting to figure it out. Ben Simmons hit a three for the first time in his career. I know. Amazing. The whole stadium, Amazing the whole the whole stadium went crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So that, you know, they're they're starting around in the form. Number five, the Mavs. I love Luca. 
You know, that's my that's my most favorite non-Laker player to watch. That dude just he he's it might be too early to call him the greatest Europe, European player of all time, but he might just be the greatest European player of all time in the second yeah, year. Yeah, here it goes. Right? I mean, just 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 think about it. He's a good player. Now over Giannis, I don't know. Fucking crazy. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Number four, Rockets. I, you know, I I like the way they play. I like watching them play. They put up a lot of points. Now, this is, this is a regular season top top you know power rankings, not a playoff. So right now they're number four. Yeah, they should be swapped with the Clippers. Number three, the Raptors. They're starting to get their shit together, even without Kyle Lowry. Right? They are the defending champions. They just came in and whooped us not too long ago. Mm-hmm. They've won three in a row. They're eleven and four. They're right up there in the Eastern Conference yeah, also. They're, they're a decent team. Number two, I have the Bucks. They are they've won seven in a row. They're 13 and three. They have last year's MVP, maybe this year's MVP if he keeps this up. I mean, he's just balling out and he's just a hard hard person to to contain and to stop. Second favorite team in the NBA. Of course, the number one team is the Lakers. They've won seven in a row, best record in the league, most exciting style of play. You know, the, I I just I just can't say enough good things about how they're playing on both ends of the court, right? They're, they're finding ways to win when in past seasons, they would find ways to lose. Yeah. And that's, that's, what's beautiful. Even when we do what we typically do as the Lakers team, again, play to our level of opposition, we still find a way to pull it out. You know, if we start off sluggishly, mm-hmm. we still find a way to make it happen. Um, and that, that's, you know, the amazing thing about this team so far, like I said, that bitch chemistry, She's working well with this team, and and it's a good thing to see. She's a Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, and the guys, we have a question actually coming out from one of our viewers here. This is actually for Jason. This is from Vince. Looks like it came on our Instagram feed. It says, hey, I have a question, Jason. Do you expect the Lakers to get someone at deadline or to waiver deadline? I can't wait. Rob Palinka has in his, I can't wait what Rob Palinka has in his sleeves. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. Grammar's a bit off, but I, I kind of get the gist of the okay, question. Cool, okay, cool. I thought it was just me. Go ahead. Okay, look, I'm going to read it so that our fans can understand it, right? I have a question for you, Jason. Do you expect the Lakers to get someone at the deadline or at the at the waiver wire deadline? Right? I can't wait to see what Rob Palinka has in, up his sleeves. That's probably more of what he meant to say, right? Vince, thanks for the question. Right now, I don't, you know, the only one I would want to get would be Andre Iguodala, right? Besides that, I don't really see who else fits with the team. There's a lot of talk from some reporters on Twitter about Jamal Crawford. I just don't see how he fits with what we need right now. You know, I don't see him buying into the defensive chemistry that we have right now. You know, like we said last week, he's a 40-year-old shooting guard, and we don't really need that right now. We, we, have, some, we have some shot makers, Right, and if that's all we're getting him for is to spot up and shoot threes, it's not worth it. Now, can we trade for JJ Redick somehow? That interests the, yeah, me. Yeah, that interest. Yeah, that's that. That if Rock, if Rob Plinkett can pull that off, yeah, I'll give him his credit then. Right, if he can pull off a big trade without losing anyone key to our team, and somehow shed the KCP contract for a JJ Redick type, I'm I'm in. You know, he he is one of the best shooters in the league. At all kinds of catch and shoot, coming off screens, you know, like that is that's the kind of player that we need. Yep. At the end of the day, and you know, he's younger than Jamal Crawford. He's got more time left. You know, he's 
Jamal Crawford's cheaper because he's not playing anywhere right now, but he's not playing anywhere right now for a reason, mm-hmm. right? So that's that would be my pick would be J.J. Redick. I'd say, I mean, sorry, I blanked out here for a second because I was just thinking about Andre Iguodala. Um, obviously, my, my whole thing here is uh, I know this question is for Jason, but damn it, I'm answering it too. Um, I think Andre Iguodala would be a great pickup for the Lakers. Um, we really don't see any other player out there right now. Um, if we're going to shed people, uh, that would be a better asset because uh, what that man brings to our team as far as that veteran leadership, uh, obviously he's been to the championship before a few times, four times, I believe, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, he has that, that veteran leadership. He's got that championship caliber, um, and he's just literally doing nothing right now. Yeah, well, there is talk that this is his last year under contract, that he's going back to Golden State next year either way, no matter where he goes this year. So if we can get him as a one-year mercenary, mm-hmm. you know, and get a championship out of it, he can go back to Golden State next year. That's fine. We'll, we'll use him for what what we need him for. I'm I'm cool with that. <clears throat> or I mean, if that's if that's the legit reality of the situation, and no team really lands him, I mean, the only reason why I say get him is just so the Clippers don't get him. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's we we've done that before, right? We maybe not have wanted the player, <clears throat> but if someone else wants him, we'll take him. He may not play, but you're not going to have him. And you know, that's. That's the best way. It's it's, you know, what's uh, what phrase I'm looking for? All hands on deck, right? Yeah. By any means necessary. Man, I look at Andre Iguodala as that X factor to any team that he goes to. Mm-hmm. That's why I look at him as such a uh, such a problem if he was to go to the Clippers because again he brings that uh, additional defense, that additional shot. Yeah. You know he he's literally. He's one of those players that you wouldn't expect, and out of nowhere, he just has a great game. Yeah, exactly. Just shows up. The other, then you know, the other eighty-one games of the season, he's literally just you know holding down defense, doing this, do all the untangible things that aren't measured. Yeah, that, and, that, that's why he's perfect for this team. He's the, he's like the super all-star role player, mm-hmm. which you know that he'll just he'll fit right in. Yeah, you know, and well, that's the beauty is he'll fit right in anywhere. Yeah. And that's that's the that's the the good and the bad thing about Andre Iguodala. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, like I said, if we can get him, we can get him. If not, that would be the only move I think that Rob Polinka should uh, really worry about right now. So, great question, Vince. Great question. Thank you. So that being said, guys, this is another episode in the Lakers Unfiltered. Hey, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, we'd love to hear them. Hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram at Laker Unfiltered. And, you know, if you guys have any retorts to anything we had to say, please uh, feel free to hit us up. Also, all you guys that are listening to us right now, make sure that you go on to whatever platform that you're on. Rate, review, subscribe, you know, get the word out. Make sure you guys are telling your friends about the podcast because that's the only way this thing's going to grow, right? Tell a friend to tell a friend at the end of the day. Please. That being said, guys, this is another episode. Look for another one coming out right before Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you all later.